Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, of course, to the long-awaited return here, the Tally SC Talk podcast here for a full-blown episode to give you the rundown and the latest on your favorite soccer club, the Tallahassee Soccer Club, of course, the Battle Lions. Of course, this is Andrew Jupe, voice of TSC, coming to you here on the Tally SC Talk podcast. My boy, my partner in crime, Trent Young, unavailable to make the podcast today. Due to work complications, he's getting loaded down, picked up another job, and evidently he's got no time for the podcast. But on the bright side, he'll be around this weekend for the game versus Southern State. So worry you not, TSC faithful. On the ones and twos, your typical twosome, the gruesome twosome, will be taking care of business. But that's for Saturday. Here, let's get to the Tally SC Talk podcast. What's the latest with this episode? Here, we got an exciting slate for you. We're going to recap PFC. We know it was almost a week ago now, but we're going to talk about the Pensacola game. We've got a couple bomb interviews. Well, one bomb interview and one that kind of got off the rails. Head coach Joel DeCastri, for the first time, will be coming aboard with us here at the Tally SC Talk. Um, he'll give us the lowdown and the scoop. First person from the head man, so that's super exciting. We're going to go through a couple of the new arrivals that have happened since the last home game. Of course, league update, we got to get that to you. Preview our next opponent with us to the Southern State Soccer Club. The Stars coming in here from Hattiesburg or just outside of Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And then we'll go outside TSC a little bit. We'll talk to the voice of PFC, Johnny Mays, of course, who put on the PFC broadcast. We'll talk to him about a little bit of the league outlook, what they thought of the game from their perspective, and, of course, the trophy of all trophies, the 850 Cup. So an exciting slate. We'll close it out for you. Hopefully we're not too off the rails. You knew my boy Trent usually keeps me in line, but get ready for the wild ride. Here it comes. Episode 28 coming at you. All right, and welcome back here to Tally SC Talk Podcast. Get into it here. If you've been keeping up with the team, obviously you know the result from Pensacola, right? 2-2 tie, so we're not going to spend too much time on it. Uh, pretty successful venture when you look out the output. Pensacola, probably the favored team coming into this season. Expect them to be talented. Heard great things about them. You thought they were going to be good. And so you can live with the 2-2 tie in the moment. But let's get into it. Quick little recap for you. Back and forth first half. I think both teams had some chances. 44th minute PFC off a wild deflection inside the box goes back. Nothing starting goalkeeper Cam Kastrua could have done about it. They put it in the back of the net. 45 seconds later, TSC with an opportunity to answer. Ball goes in the back of the net, but offside flag is up and so TSC's goal is wiped off the board couldn't really see the positioning couldn't see the assistant referee over on the near side with the flag and when it was indicated and what the positioning for the players looked like based on the angle of the broadcast so I really can't speak to it and realistically if you're going to go on about MPSL refereeing I think you're just going to be wasting your breath and it's going to be a long long season for you all I can say is I see a lot of these refs at the high school games, and now they're refereeing collegiate players here in the MPSL. So draw your own conclusions, make your own assumptions about that. Just want to let you know from things that I've seen, that's my observation, so I'm not going to get too much into the refereeing and the calls and whatever. Because the MPSL, this is kind of what you signed up for. In case you didn't know, that's just something you're going to have to deal with across the board 
So live with it, play through, and for the large part, the game is decided on the field. So maybe you take a bump or two, but that's soccer. I mean, that happens at any level, regardless of your situation. Mistakes are made. And that's just the hand that you're dealt. So you got to keep on going. So for the second consecutive game, TSC heads into the break, trailing one nothing. Then on the other side of it, TSC picks up the intensity after the first half. Looking good. Good to offensive sequence. Defensive pressure forces a terrible pass by Pensacola. Stafford Dowling picks it off. Beautiful dish of Johnny Fitzgerald. A little hesitation. Gets by the goalie. Punishes the net. 63rd minute. We're back to level pegging. Captain or captain. A sweet return for Johnny Fitzgerald. He puts in the back of the net. The third straight year he scored against Pensacola. The second consecutive match he scored against Pensacola. He owns those fools. So great to see our captain get on the score sheet his first game back, which it seems almost like clockwork that he does on an annual basis now. So TSC keeps up the intensity. The offense is getting rolling. Some great pressure here defensively. Really kind of controlled the narrative here for large parts of the second half. Thought they really kind of took a hold of it. And PFC really on the back foot. That's paid off with another great offensive sequence. A long ball goes across, poorly cleared by the defense. Zuri picks it up at the corner of the box, dishes it to Stafford Dowling. He has a beautiful little move to get himself open. Had the assist to Johnny, now puts one in the back of the net himself. Stafford now back-to-back games with a goal as he puts it in in the 73rd minute. King of the road, Stafford Dowling. He has a goal in all of TSC's road games out here in the 2023 season in Panama City and in Pensacola. So he likes hitting the road. So TSC with the advantage. You can see now they're even pressing even more. So they're up 2-1, but they're looking for that knockout punch. They're looking for the third to go up two against PFC late in the second half. Little bit of a gamble. PFC comes back on the other side, scrambling defensively just outside the box. A foul is committed, and I think a fair call here. A lot of people up in arms about it. But long story short, it was a full-body contact. No ball was had, and I think 99 out of 100 times that's going to get called. So I think that's a fair assessment there on the free kick. But the location of it and the desperation that led to that is kind of the issue. So you got to give away a beautiful free kick here. Dead center of the goal, just outside the box. you got too many talented players here in the Gulf Coast Conference of the MPSL that are going to put that in, both on our team, both on other teams. And so... PFC, quality effort, takes it in, boom, they're able to put it in the back of the net. So they had the 19-yard free kick and the deflection to get the PFC goals. TSC scrambling late, tries to get one before the end, but it comes out with a 2-2 result. Like we said, pretty fair coming into this one, but the way the game played out, you really thought TSC had the three points. So I think a little disappointing in the moment, but big picture, The underdog season for TSC, everybody counting them out. Everybody was banking on a last-place finish for TSC. Still undefeated, and we'll get to where they are on the table a little later here in the league outlook as we look at the schedule and things going forward. But undefeated through three matches, I think that's huge. A match win and two ties so far in this campaign. Five points already in a season where he scored or had two points in a 12-game season just one year ago, so the Joel DeCastri era off and rolling. I think the one footnote in this game 
is uh, for BFC, really. Good progress for TSC. I think the, the spring team has worked out really well this year. They had six or seven friendlies leading into the summer season. College guys integrating well. I think Coach DeCastri is doing a pretty masterful job, not necessarily just dumping all the guys in, but being able to take care of business and be able to slide them in where they fit, make sure they get accompanied to the team and the squad and the mentality, and then inserted into the lineup. So I think that has been masterful. Obviously, there have been periods of time, TSC, you know, you would have liked to have seen some other things or some different developments, but large story, you can't have a lot of complaints, if you're being honest, from where it was to where we are now. The growth is on the way, and you can see that. Over on the other side, like we said, the footnote is going to be on the PFC side of things. Jabari Hilton's back. 2021, he was one of the best players, I think, in my opinion, the best player in the conference in 2021. He was having an absolute field day. Um, he did not play for PFC last year because he was down in El Salvador for Once Deportivo down there in the top flight of the Salvadorian League, and he was taking care of business down there. The Jamaican National, he played on the U-17 team and the senior team. He has returned, and it looks like he picked up right where he left off in 2021. Two goals. He had the deflection and the free kick goal, and so he's going to be a weapon. We know about him. He's aware, and he's going to be kind of highlighted here going forward here for PFC. But I think um, when it's all said and done, you live with it. Two points on the road. They say tie on the road, win at home. And so far, we got four points on our two-game road trip. So a success, like we said, still undefeated. So great campaign out there in Pensacola. Excited for this weekend going forward to see what we can do at home. Try to make some history, which we'll get into on the other side of the break. But coming up immediately... Following this one, we get to talk to the head dog, of course, for the first time joining the Tallahassee SC Talk podcast, Coach Joel DeCastri kicking off the era. He's ready to get rocking and rolling, so we'll have his take. He'll recap PFC, talk about the general status of things, and a little bit of what to expect here for the future for TSC. So really excited to talk to Coach Joel, which you can have. Stay right with us. More to come. All right, want to welcome aboard head coach of the Battle Lions, Coach Joel DeCastri. I'll get that right, Coach. Joel DeCastri. Uh, thanks for coming aboard with us, Coach. How are we doing today? Good morning, Andrew. I'm doing very well. And don't worry, mate, you are not the first person to butcher my name. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and so, Coach, getting right into it. Season from the outsider, right? Looking pretty good. Obviously, improvement from last year. Um but you're chasing a whole different animal. From your perspective, let's take it big picture. Um, just kind of hit on what your perspective in being three games into the season, which is basically the quarter point. So we've ended quarter one, if you were kind of talking about this like a business operation. Um, certainly. I think overall we're happy with the progress that we've made. Um, I continue to be super impressed with the dedication of all of the players, um, and that's that's all of the squad, not just the 18 that we see on a team sheet uh, before each game. Um, ultimately, I think um, we're still striving for that continued improvement because I do think there's there's more levels for us to find. And I think as the games go on and the, and the more we train, um, we want to continue to elevate a, a, and improve ourselves um, as a team. Absolutely. Okay, let's focus in a little bit. Matchup specific. You talk about coming out of your most recent match, big A50 Cup match on the road versus Pensacola as everybody starts to get their college players back, Coach. Of course, like, 
match week three, match week four, kind of those big staples here in the MPSL, and you really start to see teams kind of take that next level jump. Uh, obviously, with the 2-2 result in that match on Saturday, this past Saturday, uh, what was your kind of review of that specific match? Um, well, my my first takeaway, and obviously while I was in the thick of it, along with the other coaches and the players, um, you don't necessarily feel this way, but but um, even during the game, I was just thoroughly enjoying it. It was a it was a really good matchup. Um, a lot of respect for for Coach uh, Dean and the Pensacola team. Um, I played some really nice short style football with lots of interchanging, so really difficult um, for us to to be able to manage that. Um, I felt in the first half we struggled with that a little bit, um, but we also did a really good job of, of containing them and, and limiting their opportunities. Um, and it took a, a deflected goal for us to, to go behind. Um, but w we found the time to, to regroup at halftime. Um, and then I thought we really played well in the second half and we imposed ourselves on a, a really good opponent. Um, and to be honest with you, um, based on how I was feeling after the game and how the dressing room was after the game, I think we were a little bit disappointed that we didn't take all three. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, Coach, really kind of imposed your will. That's one thing from kind of my perspective. The second half changes. Uh, you talk about the comeback of the Roots. You talk about the comeback here in PFC going after the deficit. Um, talk about that guess the mentality, not only going into halftime, but kind of emerging out of that for you guys in the squad. Um, I think that just shows um, what we've been all about since uh, day one from from me and the coaching staff and what we're trying to to install in 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 our players um, and our and our work ethic and our ability to stay uh, you know emotionally in control so that when we have those difficult moments in the game we can understand that we'll get through them um, and again while we still need to improve and stop leaking silly goals early. Um, we're definitely never going to quit and definitely going to always try our best to get back in the game. And um, this season's proving that we've got the quality also on the field to do so. Absolutely. So, Coach, let's get a little player specific. Obviously, one of the big highlights of the team, and not to discount anybody not specifically named right, because we're talking about the full program, top to bottom, reserve team, spring team, everybody incorporated in this kind of battle line mentality going forward for the whole senior team. But obviously, one of the more higher-profile uh, players coming in was Kevin. Uh, tell me about his impact. Obviously, two goals on the score sheet. You know, if you're just looking at the box scores, you see those. Um, but kind of what has he provided to the squad so far? Well, we knew when we were going to bring in Kevin that we were going to bring in um, a leader um, that would not only be um, show his leadership qualities uh, vocally within the group, um, socially within the group, and then, of course, um, we knew what his calibre was on the field. Um, Kevin's a really good player, um, specifically at dictating the tempo of a game. Um, so what he does is is not only is he excelling in, in his own personal performance, but he's really helping the rest of the guys, um, which is, is helping to elevate their game, helping us to control uh, the match a little bit more and and that's really what we're going for as a collective right we want to command the game more control the games more and again I, I go back to the game this past weekend um I feel like um we we didn't push ahead and gain control of the game after we scored the second goal um if we can show a little bit more class in those situations a little bit more confidence then then I think we can start putting a couple more wins on the board 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Obviously, one of the local favorites here, Coach, has been there since day one. Johnny coming back into the fold this week. Uh, tell me what that does for the squad and how that's impacted things. Obviously, you know, just getting integrated, so it's a short, short uh, term that you've been able to focus on. But talk about Johnny a little bit. Um, well, it's always a, a pleasure to see a, a Tallahassee player come back and, and such a, a successful collegiate player as well. Um, and again, a, a guy that I've known uh, for quite some years as well, seen him grow up through the game. So first and foremost, um, just really happy to see him. Um, and then um, the first training session, I believe, was uh, last week, last Wednesday, when we got on the turf out at Gene Cox and um I attribute what I saw a little bit to a little bit of um, romanticism going on between the squad. Right, they were they were playing the ball one touch, two touch with with Johnny and, and other players getting around him. So I think the relationship is already starting to build on the field. And again, on Saturday uh, we got the opportunity to see um, Johnny um, score as a goal. Um, through some great play with his teammates. And and the good thing and the most exciting thing is I think there's even more to come from Johnny as he does integrate back into the squad. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Coach, another big piece that we've seen, of course, is on the other side. So you talk about um, some of the advances and the attacking and obviously going through the midfield let's talk about in between the posts um because one of the huge differences you see compare and contrast this year um in the three games against these three opponents the first time that we saw them i believe it was a total of seven goals allowed and in this side only four including against jacksonville and your two big rivals uh tell us about cam i think a lot of people knew cam was around the program they were thinking maybe just the Jacksonville game, and then we'll see. It seems that he's really taken a big jump this year, and shout-out to Cam. He's a he's a local legend, obviously, with the Charles ties. Um, but talk about his performance and your keeper room as a whole. So I think um, this is testament to, to what the spring training program was all about, um, what the coaching staff and I wanted to implement and, and the successes we wanted to get from such a program. Um, obviously, we gave Cam the platform, but then Cam um, did everything he could to, to step up. Um, he's trained hard. Um, coach Agostine, the goalkeeping coach, has done a fantastic job with him. But um, most importantly, Cam has been dedicated. Um, he's He's been listening. He's been willing to learn. He's looked to up his game. Um, and we've seen some fantastic saves from him throughout. Um, so it's it's really just a wonderful thing to see where, where a player uh, dedicates himself to something and, and we get the opportunity to see some of the success behind that. Um, we're also very lucky to have um, Tyler Sloan, who is away at the moment on the MLS um, Flex, so with um, with another club, and he's getting some valuable minutes. So we've, we've got a keeper in him that is up and coming. So he's gaining wonderful experience from... Um, the other two goalkeepers. Um, and then, of course, the last one is Mark, who um, just joined us last week, who is a wonderful addition. And, and I'm also looking forward to seeing him on the pitch soon uh, and doing his thing and uh, and helping represent the Battle Lions and really the goalkeeper union. Absolutely. So what's the, what's the process there? Because that's tough, right? You've got a goalkeeper that's hot, that's done some great stuff for you, and then you get the new guy coming in. As far as you, a coaching 
uh, staff. Obviously, champagne, good problems to have, right, to have a competitive atmosphere. How do you go through and make that determination week to week, or what's that looking like for you? Well, again, I think um, that process started right from the beginning um, at, at the spring training program. We were clear with the players because um, I think that, um, you know, above all, we're dealing with people, right? And and for sure, this is not uh, an easy decision. And we've got plenty more difficult decisions coming up as, as some additional players join the squad this week. Um, so... We've been very honest with our communication and, and, and we've used continuous communication to keep on reinforcing our points. We've given uh, feedback to players on how we believe they can um, improve individually and collectively. Um, and most importantly, I think if, if you treat the, the people with respect and treat them like human beings, while there's going to be some tough decisions coming up, um, I hope... Um, that we've done a good job as a coaching staff and treated everyone with the right amount of respect. So while there'll be some disappointment um, for some players um, and, and there's a huge amount of um, privilege must be seen from the people that do get into the 18 and do get into the 11 um, and responsibility for those players. Ultimately, I think that, again, while there will be some disappointed people, I hope they apply themselves to uh, training and continue to try and break back into the team, into the 18. Um, but we've tried to handle that situation with care. Um, again, I've been in that position where um, you're not included in an 18 or you, you know, you're not in a, a match day 11. Um, and often I wasn't spoken to. Um, so, so the opportunity for me to be in this position now, while it's not nice, um, I try to handle everybody with respect and care because I do care about the players as people more than I do necessarily the soccer player, right? So difficult, um, has to be done, uh, has to be spoken about, but I think that's the key. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I guess, Coach, um, kind of transitioning from that, a lot of the players, you know, Kevin, obviously high profile, Cam high profile being in goal, um, you know, Johnny, and staff who's put in a couple goals now uh, so far this season. Maybe who are some of the underrated players or some players that we could give a shout-out to that you've really appreciated, either their jump in performance or you've seen kind of the work go through or just like, hey, like this guy's out here like busting his butt. Um, and once again, not to discount all the rest of them, but just uh, for the people that, that are trying to educate themselves on the roster and, and learn about this squad a little bit. Again, I'll name a couple of individuals who have definitely made that jump, but you, you've already hit on it, and, and, and I will say that, right? The fact of the matter is is that we've had 30-something guys pass through this program since it started in January, and, and any individual that I'm going to talk about is still being driven forward by all of these guys, right? If it hadn't been for the, for the intensity of the training, for the dedication to the training of every single player... Um, whether they're in this this squad or, or whether they're not any longer, um, it's thanks to those guys um, that that we've seen any improvement um, in some of the individuals that that are named. So that's a really tough question for that reason. Mm -hmm. um, I think um, the performance-wise, you're seeing that Trice 
Um, you know, we talked about the goalkeepers, but the the, def- the defending has been has been excellent at times. Um, so you know, Trice is is a guy that will put his body on the line for us, and 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 he was not without his difficulties during the spring season. But again, testament to him for for being dedicated um, and and developing into a, into a fine left centre back. Um, which which we're super proud of. Um, Zuri's done brilliantly. I'm I'm so happy to have Connor, um, who who's re- really been a, an entertaining player. Um, Rafa, who's our Spanish centre back, just offers um, so much calm and confidence on the ball that it, it helps us um, build um, in the actual game. Zuri is a player I've coached since since the youth. Um, so I'm just so proud of him, and and always gushing with pride when I when I see him put in a in a performance. Um, Samuel is a no nonsense defender that they just don't make anymore. So I just love watching him defend, and especially in training when he kicks everybody all around the place and then gets up and smiles. Um, I, I, I could I could go on right, um, and I haven't mentioned. Um, everybody and and I like everybody in so many different ways and that's been um, the biggest pleasure for me so far as I'm having a great time with these lads absolutely awesome stuff awesome stuff so great to hear coach of course and like you said a lot of exciting things from everybody top to bottom let's transition a little bit we talked about the past talked about the present let's go to the future obviously one of the most high profile teams in the conference uh, one of the top dogs, you know, top two teams last couple of years here in the conference, and we've seen what they can do in other competitions here as they go forward and play in the MPSL playoffs and then some of the Open Cup. Southern States, it seems, even though them and Jacksonville are, are pillars of the conference, right, kind of those elite teams. I know you hate the word elite, so let me – successful. Successful teams in the conference, Coach. Um, so those top two dogs. But – the way they kind of go about their business, Southern States and Jacksonville come off as very different squads. Uh, what's one thing in Southern States or a couple of things in Southern States that you've really trying to been harness on um, and one things that are some things that you're concerned about? I'm not concerned uh, about, about anything. I've got a huge amount of respect for how they play. Um, it's, it's an intense form of, of football. Um, it's, no nonsense, pretty direct, uh, full of athletic players and backed up with some really tidy technical players. Um, I really enjoy watching Mason, Mason Walsh play, uh, the English guy that plays for them. Um, he's a, just an exciting player to watch. Um, but again, I was, I was talking um, with, with my partner the other day about this and, and, and thinking about having those two you know, solid teams within our conference and, and making our conference ever so difficult. Um, when you look at Jacksonville, Southern States, you you even, you know, add New Orleans to that and, and, and lots of respect for Pensacola. And the Roots is a good team. But when I look at our conference, um, sometimes you want to be tempted to think, well, this is not really ideal for us. Um, but the more I think about it, the, the more I just enjoy the challenge. Um, it's great to be amongst the top teams in the country because we know whoever's going to progress out of this conference is going to go far in the in the national league. So, so um, I, I'm super I'm super happy to to play against these teams. We are looking forward to the challenge. We know it's not going to be easy. Um, we're getting a plan together about how we're going to approach it. Um, but also, we're going to make them defend. 
Uh, and we're going to have to make them um, answer some questions about us as well, because um, we're developing into a good team and, and we're going to show the right amount of confidence to try and approach this game, um, to try and get the three points and, and do our best and work the hardest we can to, to achieve that. Over the track record, even the last couple of seasons, obviously you weren't around uh, coach in the coaching capacity, but usually do play Southern States really, really tough. Really, really tough. So looking forward to it. Um, coach, I know one thing is you kind of build this club out top to bottom and futuristic, and you're always, it seems, have a game plan for the future. Um, an exciting thing had been going around the program of the club as we kind of zoom out from the senior team and we talk about supporting underneath the senior team. Uh, some exciting developments, and I'll just toss it over to you like that, Coach. We'd love to hear a little bit about um, what's going on underneath the senior team to build up this whole kind of Tallahassee, not only soccer club, but soccer scene. I've been involved in, in Tallahassee soccer on the youth, le youth level um, what for seven years now since I arrived from Miami. Um, I've had nothing but wonderful experiences um, and I find um, the, the Tallahassee community is so unique in, in, in our logistical situation um, in terms of us being this sort of mini uh, inland island um, that I just I just want to see the development of, of local soccer here and offer pathways um, for players that want to go to the next level. Um, but then also just offer a really clean service for people that just want to participate in the game. Uh, throughout their youth careers and all the way to adult, um, <clears throat> whether it be uh, on the field with the first team or whether it be up in the stands with some popcorn, right? Um, so it was really important for me once I, I became the head coach that I continued to talk to youth clubs about the development side of the overall game here in the community. Um, and, and one club that I kept talking to was uh, ASG or is ASG um, and Andy Warner, um, so between Andy Warner, myself and, and our president, Chris, we, we worked hard and we had lots of conversations about creating a partnership. Uh, and now I'm really happy to say that that partnership is out there um, and it's obviously still in its infancy. But I think it's going to be something uh, brilliant for the for the Tallahassee community. Um, it just gives an opportunity for for us to come together Um and that's been the key for me, right? Um, I, I'm going to use a corny phrase, but uh, team, right? T together, everybody achieves more. So um, I'd just like to see our community, specifically soccer, come together, put our resources together uh, and try and achieve some wonderful things here in the community um, where our best players um, go out um, across the region, across the state, um, across the nation, maybe one day if, if we've got that sort of pool of players and they achieve great things, but with the logo of, of Tallahassee on their chest. Um, so that's that's the goal. It's um, It starts with a one-year plan. It's got a three-year plan as well. Um, but uh, you know, kudos to, to Andy Warner, to Chris Petley um, for being open to this. Um, I know a lot of families in town want one club and want us to be able to, to drive that forward and drive our community forward. So um, that's the idea. We're, we're going to keep working every day. Um, but right now, obviously, the focus is is the men's team. Um, but we're managing to find a little bit of time on the side um, to, to continue to, to develop that partnership. And I think um, we're all excited 
um, as that starts to work out this fall. All right, Coach, one last thing for you before I just open it up. I know I've taken up a little more time than I asked for. So, Coach, one of the things is the monikers around the program is the battle lion mentality. What is the battle lion, battle lion mentality for you? Uh, well, the battle lion mentality is 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 um, something that that we wanted to conceive right um, as soon as we arrived um, as a coaching staff and, and and Chris as well. We got him straight on it. We had the um, we had the winter camp, so we wanted to give the players of the winter camp an opportunity to to really. Um, hammer down what would be our, our principles, what would be our morals, what would be our mantra um, for, for, for training in the winter, training in the spring and training for the summer and the club as a whole. Um, so we came up with, with um, five different, different words that sort of summarize what the battle line mentality is. Uh, the first one is family, um, humility, purpose, focus, and uh, to believe, um, and obviously those those words can have lots of different definitions. So we had players work out exactly what those words mean to them. Um, so this is something that, that that we try to to train by. We play by uh, when we're when we're out in the community. We think about these um, these key principles for for our team. Um, I think a wonderful example. Um, from Saturday night was um, the interaction that the players had with the, the traveling fans um, that came to watch us. Um, and uh, again, Kevin uh, had a picture with, with seven, eight kids uh, at the end. And, and, and one of the children in particular was um, just looking at him with adoring eyes. And, and for me, that that's what it's all about, uh, inspiring some of our, our youth um, to want to be on the field, to have good role models, um, and I think the other the other part to me is um, you're seeing the focus, the belief and the purpose in the way we're playing. Right. So um, even when we're going behind, we're, we're trusting in the process. We're showing confidence to come back. Um, and I think there's a certain purpose to our game, um, which is which is coming through and, and I think can continue to be to be um, enhanced and sharpened. And then, of course, the the last one is uh, is family, um, and I don't think I need to explain that. I think that's possibly the most important thing, right? You got to love what you're doing and love the people you're with. Absolutely, awesome stuff, Coach. Well, like I said, want to give you an opportunity, so I'll open the mic up. Anything else you want to talk about? Like I said, I know we ran long on time, as I always do. Any thoughts, Coach? Um, well, unless you want to talk tactics and football for another what three hours and a half, because I'm down for that. Um, <laughs> Not, not really. I guess the the last one, and and I'll say this, um, you know, I'll say this on behalf of of everyone associated with our club, um, from from the fans, oh, excuse me, from the coaches to the players, um, just really thankful to to have so many people reaching out to support us, um, home and away. Uh, this Saturday is going to be a really tough game for us, but it's also full of excitement, and uh, we're we're really happy to have a top team coming into town and try to rise to that challenge. So if you do have the opportunity to come out and support us um, this Saturday at Gene Cox, then then get out there, see what a, a top-level soccer game is is like uh, for this community. And, um, and that's it. Let's try and bring the three points um, home with us. 
The people are believing, Coach. Of course, tied for top of the table on points, so it'll be exciting. Uh, big matchup, like you said, going on this Saturday. 7 p.m. kickoff down at the Gene. Kids get in free, food trucks. It's a great time out there. Once again, Coach, thank you so much for your time. Head coach of the Battle Lions, Joel DeCastri, bringing it in. Thank you, Andrew. So thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. Thank you. And welcome back. Of course, keep the Tally SC Talk podcast rolling here. Andrew Jupe, voice of TSC, taking you through the action here today. So, of course, some developments with the squad. If you haven't been able to stay up to date with them or could not tolerate the away streams, I totally understand. I get it and 100% sympathize. So that's why we're here, right? Help communicate, tell you what's up to date, give you the lowdown. So by my count, we have five players added since we got going at Tallahassee versus Jacksonville. So, of course, the Roots in the Pensacola game, TSC with the win at the Roots, with the tie on the road at Pensacola, still undefeated, five points. So we look at some of the new arrivals. Of course, the youngster, Ethan Stewart. Of course, the freshman over at Southwest Assembly is a god. He's a midfielder. Going to school out in Texas, playing some NAIA ball. He was one of the team captains here for his squad in just his freshman year. So he's a good little distributor. I think you'll see him play more towards the middle. Maybe flare out to some outside midfield. Um, but he's kind of a up-and-down player. We'll uh, get some distribution from him. And he's got some uh, offensive showcase as well. I think he's kind of got a more distributor of him. And I'm interested to see how he fits into the Joel DeCastri system because he was kind of used a little differently over the last two years. He, of course, did get some run. Uh, of course, played in the U19 team for TSC. And so great to have Ethan Stewart back. Excited, like I said, to see what he does. Uh, second player coming back, Jean-Baptiste Lamongo coming back in, of course, down at USF down there in Tampa. Of course, the... Rickards alum. I think he also went to JB2. Hope I'm not mistaken, Jean. But he is exciting player on the attack. So usually he'll be out in the wing trying to go around the back of defenses, trying to either drop it off for some service. But he has no fear. He's got quick feet. He's got good moves. And he is a great, exciting attacking player. I think he fits the system for Coach Joel really nicely as far as being someone who is adventurous, is going forward, and not afraid to take people on. So far, we've seen him kind of in that super sub role. He'll come in and late in the game and try to make an impact and a spark to where we're trying to get to that next level, whether if it's a level game, trying to get that extra goal, or if we're up, maybe try to get that knockout punch. But he's a really exciting player and uh, really excited to see what he does in the new system as well. As I guess, really, I'm going to say that for all these guys <laughs> as we kind of get going. But you knew Ethan Stewart. You knew Jean-Baptiste from previous years, or Jean last year and Ethan the last couple years, and if you went with the U19s, you knew Ethan. Or if you watched Leon Ball, you know? And so we're going to keep on going. These next three guys are all new. So first year with TSC, so we're going to give a, give a deeper dive a little bit. Um, but of course, we're still kind of figuring them out. So it'll be exciting as we all learn here on this season. The first one. He's going to be a defender, which we know we need, right? Big defender coming in here. Bilal Mayaubi. 
of course, coming from California State University, Bakersfield. He is a roadrunner, and he just got with the team this week, came in on May 17th, just Wednesday. He came in with the team and has now been integrated and get rocking and rolling. He's a beast. Started all 17 games uh, with his squad out there. Second on the team in minutes played. He's actually a Canadian national from Montreal. Montreal, Montreal, uh, depending on how we want to go with it, but... He'll be a defenseman. It'll be interesting how he fits into the piece. Uh, you talked about some of the guys who have done really well. Trice, uh, Rafa back there, a couple other guys that will be falling into the mix because we could see a formational change, and maybe it's basically on a game-to-game effort. What does that do for Zuri based on these movements as he's been playing out on the right? I think Bilal is more of a center back if I recall correctly, um, but he's going to add some intensity. He's going to have some fun stuff here for the Cal State man and the Canadian International coming through here. So we'll stay with our Canadian friends north of the border. Another Canadian national coming into the mix is Mark Quadio, is what I've been told. Of course, once again, kind of that Canadian French Montreal pronunciation, uh, of course, now going to be at Eastern Tennessee State University, formerly a Dayton baller season for him a season ago, and he is fun to watch. If you get the chance, Google him before the game. This guy's an absolute beast, beautiful range, athleticism, got the wow factor for sure. Fun to watch. YouTube him. Mark, M-A-R-C, and the last name is spelled K-O-U-A-D-I-O. Quadio. Quadio. Mark, of course, a goalkeeper. So, of course, he's been in the roster for a couple of weeks now, but Camp Castro has been playing so well, and he's been successful in his efforts, and, of course, really putting forward the best foot has Camp Castro, and he's been a blessing and noted improvement here and he's been grinding right so this will be a tough decision can construe a hold off mark will mark make the jump get into the starting 11 or get into the lineup here because of course he was on the roster for both the roots and the pensacola game we'll see if the big switch happens at home against southern states maybe a little coy there has coach joel been which gets us to our next player announcement Of course, I believe the fifth and final one since that Jacksonville game that you may not be familiar with if you're not on the socials. But if you are, you already know about Alejandro Padilla. Of course, just getting with the team on Friday. So this is when we're actually recording this segment, the arrival segment. So the podcast, I know, will be all over the place. Some of these interviews took place earlier in the week and some of the uh, recordings took place later in the week. But just announced Friday... So based on precedent, I don't think we will see Padilla in the 11, starting 11. He may get in later in the game, but we can see how he's infiltrated and kind of going forward here through that. Uh, But Padilla, he's going to be a sizable weapon here, I believe, once again. A defender coming in, reinforcements here for TSC. He's from Sacramento State. He is a Hornet and I believe... He's a center back for Sacramento State. So I assume he'd fall into a similar position here. Of course, from the Colorado Springs area, went to Pine Creek High School, 
uh, has a little USL Championship experience. Not USL 1, not USL 2, USL Championship, which is largely regarded as Tier 2 here in the U.S. Soccer Pyramid structure, played for the uh, Colorado Swing Switchbacks. So he was also in the Rapids Academy, and all accounts have Padilla a beast, but he is a big physical presence, got with the team Friday. So we'll see how he's able to be slid in and go forward as one of these new arrivals here for TSC, which keeps us going down the line as far as arrivals. I know for a fact there is one more arrival pending. I do not believe, based on my conversations with those at the front office with Tallahassee Soccer Club, if I have the clearance to release the information on the one player. I do know that this given player will be arriving on the weekend. I've been told Sunday, which would be dated the 21st, so look for that announcement for TSC. He is an international player, and I can tell you he is a Spartan. If you know how to do your research and you know how minor league soccer works, you probably already know he's on the roster, and so this isn't really for you. But as far as that, I do not feel at liberty to go forward with anything else at this point. Like I said, based on conversations, I want to respect those boundaries, but I'm sure management is going to bring the heat out this weekend and drop the player announcement, but I can tell you it is very exciting, and I am very excited about that announcement, which we will talk about in episode 29 as we go forward. So those are the basic arrivals here lately for TSC. We're going to try to go through a project where we shout out some of the players and give a little more background kind of going forward for all of the ones on the roster here that are in that top 25, 30, let's say that are potential 18ers, if you will, on a game-in, game-out basis. But at least for now, that's kind of a little update of what you can see based on the new arrival since Jacksonville. So if you saw the Jacksonville game or you went out to there, you know those guys and you kind of got a feel for what the team looked like. Um, but of course, Ethan Stewart, Jean-Baptiste, Bilal, Mark, and Alejandro, your new arrivals, and one more to be coming in. So by the time we play Sowegans on Wednesday, the 24th of May, I believe, based on what I've been told, unless there's some more additions that are sliding in, we should have our full battle station operational here for TSC, an entire run ready to go locked and loaded here for the rest of the season. For a big finish in what could be a very, very exciting playoff race here for your TSC battle line. So stay tuned. And of course, stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break. But back on the other side, we're going to preview Southern States here as we get ready for the game this weekend on the 20th versus one of the big dogs here in the Gulf Coast Conference. Come right on back. Welcome back to Tally SC Talk Podcast. Andrew Jute, voice of TSC, getting you ready here for... Saturday, upcoming match versus Southern State Soccer Club, who, of course, runner-up in the 2022 season, ranked number 14th in the country, and, of course, conference champions back in 2021. 
So one of the two top dogs largely regarded with Jacksonville is the elite members here of the Gulf Coast Conference. So it is a David and Goliath matchup coming in this weekend. If you saw the preview here, that is all correct. If you've been on the socials, <laughs> you've got a little bit of extra knowledge on everybody else of what we can expect out here. But if not, that's okay. That's why we're here. Southern states, they call themselves the Stars, located just outside of Hattiesburg, Mississippi, in an unincorporated town in Lamar County, Mississippi, called Oak Grove. I think they call it the Grove out there. They got a, actually a nice-looking complex. Tons of money went into that joker. Natural grass, training facility, youth academy, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, four all-time matchups here versus TSC, not gone TSC's way. Zero wins, zero ties, and four losses against Southern States. 2021, lost 3-0 at home, one nothing on the road. Played a really good game in that away game in 2021. Last year, a pair of 2 nothing defeats. So you may have realized a lot of zeros on that. Never gotten a result against Southern States. Never scored against Southern States. The only team in the conference, both defunct or active, that we have never scored against. We scored against New Orleans. Scored against Pensacola, as you know. Scored against the Roots. Scored against Jacksonville, as you know. Scored against defunct Port City. Scored against defunct AFC. But this is the one elusive team that we've never been able to punish the net on. So, wild, intriguing. This is the fifth all-time matchup, so this will be huge for the Battle Lions. And this is a great test. You see a team, great start to the season. Now everybody in the conference is getting their players back. Once you get to match week four, everybody pretty much is back. And once you get to match week five, everybody's in the full swing. So you're basically fully operational for the whole conference. Everybody's just got to work on that gel factor. So, this is talent versus talent as you get into it. And this will be a great test of where TSC is on the development and how big of a jump they've made. Because I think it's pretty obvious that a jump has been made, correct? Already more points than a season ago. But let's get back to Southern States. So far, depending on how you look at the table, you can go two ways. If you go on a points per match, which the MPSL is, Southern States currently second in the table. If you go from raw points... Southern States is fourth in the table. Of course, out of six, despite what the MPSL website says, they continue to leave AFC Mobile in the standings, and currently they're holding strong at fifth in the conference right now. Have not played a match. They do not have a team in the MPSL, but according to the table, they're holding strong just outside of playoff positioning. They're in fifth place. So they have a total of four points. They played Jacksonville, tied them on the road, and a win versus New Orleans at home. So the tie against Jacksonville, I think Jacksonville largely dominated that game. They went up early. Jacksonville, I think, missed a bunch of chances. Honestly, Southern States did have some opportunities here and there, but they did not score until the game became a 10-on-11 matchup. I forget the player's name uh, for Jacksonville. Uh, I think it was Toe or something like that in the 70th minute, was shown the red card, and so it was 10 on 11 from 70 on. And so, coincidence or not, Southern State scores in the 73rd minute, three minutes after Jacksonville goes down to 10 on 11. But even with the 10 on 11, Jacksonville still looked like the more dominant team. 
So it was interesting to see going forward. Of course, we know Jacksonville, I think, is the top team in the conference. Having watched film on every single team now, or having seen every team in person, one of the two, have now seen all six squads, and even though the squads are not full, I firmly believe Jacksonville is far and away the best team in the conference. And I think that will play out. And Jacksonville, although they've had a rough stuff, they're still undefeated. And depending how you look at the table, they're still rolling. So like TSC, they've had two ties and a win. They absolutely buried the route 7-2 to last week. So I think they've got a lot of things that they needed to cleanse, cleansed. And uh, they'll be off and rolling. So it's going to be a big battle for TSC going back and playing them later in this season. Having said that, let's get back to Southern States. Different team. A lot of talent coming in. Obviously, we'll get to a couple players to watch, but I think big picture, a couple people returning that we know about. But it seems to me they, they always play kind of more defensive style. I don't think that has changed very much, and they're looking to absorb before they kind of push out in advance. But they're playing, it seems, a lot more long balls this year. I don't know if that has to do with personnel or some kind of stylistic change, or maybe that's how they dealt with Jacksonville. But it wasn't just in the Jacksonville game. It was also present, maybe even more so, in the New Orleans game, their home opener, their second match, which they won 3-1. Obviously, there's talent disparity here early in the season between Jacksonville and New Orleans. Footnote, do not sleep on New Orleans. I think they will continue to prove like they always do. And they will peak towards the end of the season, which is, I think, the goal and what they usually do. And I think it is not noticeable in any other team more so than New Orleans in the league, at least the last two or three years. But we'll see how that develops as we continue to go down. But definitely a noted difference of feel here for Southern States. So take that as you will. But those are some observations that I've seen here with the club from just outside Hattiesburg. So let's get to some of these players to watch that we talked about for Southern States. I think you have to start in the new goalkeeper, Gabriel Perrotta, of course, coming in for this season for Southern States. I believe he's Paraguayan, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to try to reference here through my notes and see what I have here for him. Uh, but he's a great goalkeeper from UNC Wilmington. I think he's graduated. And he's going to do post-grad at Marshall, but he still has a year of eligibility. So he will be playing up there for the Thundering Herd, which not too long ago won the NCAA championship. So that'll be fun to watch. Uh, he was on the Paraguayan U-17 and U-20 teams. So he's got some good experience, and it'll definitely be a tough to task to get by him this season. Obviously only done twice so far in their first two matches. He's got an interesting playing style. He's very confident with his feet, so he does come out and like to play balls, uh, of course, with the back line. And when the offense is in possession and the attacking third, he will drop back and will gladly pass it back and distribute, and he'll be about 30, 35 yards from goal. And also on the contrast, he's very confident in his back line and in his abilities to quickly react and save and good stretch and wingspan and reaction time because very rarely does he come out of the six-yard box when the attacking players are either on a break or in some kind of situation off a cross ball. He usually stays within that six- to eight-yard range. Obviously, contrastly, we've seen other keepers come out and take some gambles, right? So whether that's him having... 
confidence or he likes his back line or everything else or that's just his style but very noticeably does he stay in the box so it's a kind of an interesting contrast it's like a Jacqueline Hyde because I feel like I'm seeing two different things for two different keepers because he will come out and play with his feet and likes his touch and at least from the keepers that I've seen this season probably the most confident um, coming out with his feet and using those so and they like to play out of the back a lot of the time so he will play the short balls and he will pass it around with the defense as he does but an interesting uh interesting case is Perota, the Paraguayan goalkeeper here for Southern States so he's of course he's going to be the most important person to watch I think as far as you talk about getting a result with Southern States obviously the key has been scoring so we've tried not scoring against them that's happened four times and that's yielded no results so you got to score to get a result, and that's what it's going to take. They've scored no less than one goal against us. And, of course, they're averaging over two and a half, or they're averaging exactly two and a half goals a game every time they come to the gene with the 3-0 and the 2-0 results here in the past. So let's flip it over. Let's go to the other side. Uh, some other good players in the attack. Obviously, we know about Mason Walsh a little bit, the former New Orleans gesture. This is his Southern, Southern State second season. He's got some experience with Chattanooga FC. Um, he's an English guy. He's a little older, so he's like 27, but he's still a great provocateur offensively. He seems to be playing a lot more on the right side this year. Typically, we saw him in that kind of left attacker, left winger position, but at least from what I saw against Jacksonville and New Orleans and trying to chop out the film, he's got a lot of liberty to go forward, and of course, they give him some flexibility to work through the formation, right? So he's not locked into one side, and he's very mobile. But it seems that this season he's going a lot more on the attack on the right side, which will be interesting. But we know he's going to be an offensive force. He had, I think, the second goal against New Orleans. He's kind of the New Orleans uh, villain as Johnny Fitzgerald is for Pensacola. It seems every time they play New Orleans, his former club, funny. Of course, Johnny didn't play for Pensacola, but he scores against them as Johnny does for us against Pensacola. So funny to watch. Uh, a couple other players, also some goal scorers. Uh, Kai Phillip, he's a Trinidad and Tobago national. University of Evansville, he's got some USL2 experience in Arkansas. I think it was a Little Rock team out there that he played for. He's a dynamic player. He's fun to watch. And you can see the kind of stretch on him, the physicality on him. Or not physicality, but just the way that he moves, the athleticism. And But they use him as kind of a super sub. So he got a limited time against Jacksonville, and he got a little more time here against New Orleans. So it was about seven minutes playing in Jacksonville, and then it was about 15 minutes playing. So I don't know if they're trying to integrate him, or it's just kind of the development as he goes through and what he's doing. But at least in the current process, he's kind of going a super sub. But he did score in the uh, closing moments of the New Orleans game to really kind of put the kibosh on that one. Uh, another player, a couple players do we have to look at. One hasn't scored, but we know from years past. Hakeem Reed, big 6'3", Jamaican national. He's a big defender, big center back here with Southern States. He's going to be with them again this year. He's playing most of the minutes for them. Another addition, Joshua Davies, uh, first year, I believe, with Southern States. He's a 6'2", center back. Another guy from Southampton. So Walsh is an Englishman from Southampton. Joshua Davies, also from Southampton. He plays at Mississippi College in uh, the NAIA. He is the first-year player. Evidently, he's had experience with Southampton AFC, Bournemouth, 
over in England, had some experience there and some run time, but he's a big physical presence, especially on set plays. They'll utilize these guys big in set plays. We saw Hakeem Reed do it last year, big on set plays. Obviously a 6'3 guy is a threat. Joshua Davies, first New Orleans, big threat and was able to dunk one in on a corner against New Orleans. So he's going to be a guy to watch as well. Another couple of players that I am looking at here. Obviously, the man who scored the goal against Jacksonville. He's also a defenseman. Uh, Sacha Vandersteen, he's from William Carey University right there in Hattiesburg. Of course, he's a Madagascan national. Played in some of their World Cup qualifiers. Uh, quick, plays the ball, some dangerous runs. He's good at getting on the counterattack. So a couple times we saw him launch forward as a center back against Jacksonville. If you watch the game over out there uh, on the Jacksonville YouTube, you're able to pull that one up. He's a 24-year-old, but he was able to get that 73rd minute versus Jacksonville to keep that level. Um, so he's a dynamic player that could give us trouble in kind of that transitional game. Other players, I'm um, going down the line. Oh, a former uh, Roots player, Gabriel Villafagne. He's a winger. Uh, the Venezuelan, you may remember him from the Roots. He's made the jump over, and he now plays for Southern State. So that's kind of the latest poach. It always seems that they have one or two poaches throughout the league per year. I guess that was kind of the one going forward. So he's a winger. Once again, we'll get involved there. I think he's newer to the squad, so I'm not sure how much playing time he's had or how much run he's had but he's going to be one of those attacking presences that we're also looking for. So a couple of center backs and a couple of attackers is where we seem to have the bulk of the people I'm watching or that have been standing out to me from the two games that I watched from this year so far with Southern States and obviously the man between the pipes here going forward. So we'll see. Hopefully TSC can take care of business. The 14th team in the nation, like we said last year, TSC never having a result against them before and if they want to take the next step or if they're trying to find a good measuring stick, them and Jacksonville, these are the two teams to do it against. You tie Jacksonville at home. Can you do something similar here versus Southern States? Can you make history? Can you score? Can you get a first result ever against them? We shall see. But you know kind of how they like to play defensively, and you see some players to watch. So hopefully... You're a little more educated when you go into the game here. But that's our Southern States preview. We're going to jump out for a quick break. On the other side, we got the voice of PFC. Some fun Chop It Up conference talk with uh, one of our 850 Cup members coming forward here on the other side of the break. All right, and welcome back. Like we promised, another entertaining guest, of course, from one of our challengers here in the league. I'm going to bring in Johnny Mays. Of course, voice of PFC is what I'm going to call him. We'll see if he'll accept that title or not. Of course, with Marketable Sports, and he is one of the key pieces to the second best broadcast here in the Gulf Coast Conference. Johnny Mays, thanks for coming aboard with us, dude. Uh, how are we doing on this fine day? I know you got a cram schedule. you got a game tonight in the A50 Cup. Um, but how are you doing out there with the whole PFC situation? Jupe, how are you, buddy? It's good to see you. It's good to hear you. Those folks at home, they can't see you. True. Uh, but, you know, uh, I did I did note one mistake you made. We would call ourselves the best broadcast, but that's okay. I'm sure you, you know, would. I see where we are mm -hmm. the, with the battalion over there. 
There you go. Uh, it is Tallahassee SC. Um, yeah, man, we're excited. We got Florida Roots tonight. Uh, and so, of course, 850 Cup Action. No hashtag needed on that. It's go. just straight the 850 Cup. Um, but, yeah, you know, once again, third year in a row, we open our season with you guys. And uh, I did see something on – Twitter, I think it was off the old battalion where there was a crew that I don't know if it was it the players or was it the guys or uh, the the fans that came over. They were hanging out at Shoreline Park in the water. I was happy to see that. I was actually talking about doing that, inviting people to do that on the broadcast uh, on Saturday night, and there there was your battalion uh, getting in the water over in Pensacola. Yeah, that was the boys. That was a little uh, pregame warm-up slash, you know, they got over there a little early and they were kind of, you know, a little team building, a little something different, get some beach while they're out there. You know, one of the things you guys bring to the table, the good beaches out there. And uh, so why not when we make, you know, get a little fun in the business trip, Johnny, uh, before we get going. But as we transition back, obviously, wild game on Saturday. We're talking about the A50 Cup. What is be possibly discussed as the biggest budding rivalry series, the biggest cup. All I'm seeing on the Twitter timeline, Johnny, is lighting up about the A50 Cup. It's huge, massive. You guys have the game tonight. If you're listening to this later in the week, you're probably very confused. We're recording this on Wednesday. Pensacola and the Roots will play tonight, Wednesday night. Um, We'll see the result. By the time you're listening to this, you probably already know the result because we'll keep you updated as will Johnny and the gang. But, Johnny, tell me about the game on Saturday. Obviously, TSC and PFC, a highly competitive contest. And uh, for the second straight time, a draw between the two squads, this time 2-2, this time out west. The last time was was in y'all's stomping grounds, and Coach and I were actually coming back from the flag football championships, stopped by, you were broadcasting that game, um, and my first impression of this year was that Tallahassee SC looks to be much improved uh, than the than the way they looked last year. Uh, that was the first thing that jumped out to me. Uh, I really felt like, yes, Pensacola FC, it is their first game of the season. Uh, but um, considering uh, how we've built our club for this season, and what Tallahassee looked like last season, I really thought it was going to be a much easier game for the Pelicans, and I was impressed. So kudos to Tallahassee, um, stealing a point in my mind coming over here to Pensacola. There you go, getting the point on the road. Yeah, team is much improved, and that's one thing you notice. Of course, their implementation of a spring team. You know, a lot of these guys coming back from college, just like any squad, right? You got a bunch of college players coming back into the area, so. The creation of the spring team has really bolstered kind of the early season of that. So, I mean, they had six or seven friendlies leading up to the season. So, realistically, by the time they played Jacksonville, the the vast majority of the squad had already been playing. Um, so, that's translated really well. Obviously, new direction under uh, Coach Joel DeCastri. Um, this year, completely new coaching staff. So, anytime you have a fresh implementation of ideas and personnel and stuff there's kind of a galvanizing of the squad and so far that's paying off undefeated season through three games still the underdog season for TSC like you said during the broadcast Johnny we did get points last uh, year 
for the record. Uh, two of them, two big ones. <laughs> two, that's what it was. That's what I was wondering. <laughs> so, uh, yes. So you have doubled your uh, points from last season. Absolutely. Congratulations. 100% increase of that stock is Just up. hang it up. You guys are done. You don't even have to do anything else. There it is. We'll, we'll hang it up. <laughs> We won the 8-5-0 Cup. We're, we're in the lead. We'll back out while we're ahead. Good to go. Oh, we won't worry man. about playing Jacksonville oh, again. Unfortunately, you have to play them all, unfortunately, I guess. Well, so you'd say. Uh, um, so you'd say. But we'll see how it does. Yeah, tell me about PFC because obviously we saw a little bit of them. And uh, it slipped through the cracks for me. Uh, of course, Jabari Hilton being back in the squad, which I think is huge. He was gone in 2022, which I think was thumbs up. Honestly, and this is not just pandering and, and saying stuff, and not just because he scored two goals, but over the last three years that we've been involved, I think Jabari's in the top five of any of the conference that I've seen. An absolute beast, the Jamaican national, and he was in El Salvador last year, so we're like, oh, thank goodness. Uh, just like a couple of the Jacksonville guys that, we saw last year. We will not see this year. Um, and so uh, he was kind of in that category for us. Um, so that was a surprise. And and uh, you can tell, obviously, making a huge impact. Uh, but who are the, some of the guys that you're liking for PFC? Because we'll be seeing them again, obviously, in our neck of the woods uh, coming up. A little bit about the squad. Uh, yeah, of course, uh, Hilton. It's, you know, he was with Once Deportivo there you go. Uh, last season. It's good to see him back up. Uh, and, um, of course, Michael Lightborn back, he just controls that midfield, uh, and everybody who knows Pensacola FC knows him, um, expect to see Mendoza back in, uh, he's going to see some goal time Spanish, uh, fella, uh, plays at Concordia. So it'll be interesting to see him, uh, play some new guys. Well, Cheech Cicerella, Anthony Cicerello. Uh, not a new guy, um, but uh, he picked up a knock in the, in the game with y'all. Hopefully, uh, he's going to be okay. Uh, I don't know if he's dressing today. He may be taking the week off. Uh, it was kind of a hyperextended thing. I talked to Coach afterwards. They were going to go get that checked out. Thankfully, we have Andrews right in our backyard, so uh, uh, Andrews Institute would always get the best there. One dude that, uh, of course, Boateng on the back line, dude, nothing's getting through him, uh, and he showed that in that game. I mean, anything that was coming in there, he'd just step up. The Ghanaian international, I would love to say, maybe one day in his future, but he's an older guy, so yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he, he won't. He's 26, but, you know, the Ghanaians, they get uh, a lot of older guys playing for their team, but bottom line is this. Uh, that man uh, is strong in the back line. Here's a dude midfield I want you to watch. Watch out for 19-year-old Portugal Portugal guy, Bernardo Pacheco. He looks like he's about 33 years old, maybe 35. He's 19. <laughs> is he got the he beard? Plays. Is he the guy that has a beard? Yeah. Yes. Are yes. We, that's balding. We, we were talking hey. at the watch party, and I was like, "Who?" We were like, "Who is that forty-year-old that made the BFC team?" He looks old. He's the veteran part. Yeah, he's nineteen years old. So uh, <laughs> you know, he's got that Iberian Peninsula look for sure. But he plays like he's in his late twenties, early thirties. A very mature player uh, for his age, and that's one new guy, young guy 
that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Nick Canina is another one that's going to be fun to watch. I think he's going to be playing up top um, uh, this evening. So, uh, I'm sorry, on the back line. Um, so, those are the guys, really. But you know how any season goes, especially in this league. Sometimes you're adding, sometimes guys drop off. Uh, what starts the season may not be the squad that's ending the season, uh, especially when you get into that playoff round uh, in those games. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If you're just joining us, Johnny May is here from Pensacola Football Club, the voice of PFC, of course, uh, with Marketable Sports doing the broadcasting this year. So, Johnny, excited. You guys are doing that once again. Uh, great to see some more HD footage uh, going on in the league that we can view comfortably with some names and some conversation thrown in there. So enjoying that. So, Johnny, on the other side, um, well, give me your perspective. So obviously the 2-2 draw, um, they say draws are like kissing your sister. I never kiss my sister, so I don't really know what that's about. I don't have a sister, <laughs> so I don't know what that's about either. So, uh, But how how did the, the draw sit with you guys? Because obviously, like you said, season opener, so you're hoping nothing crazy happens, right, in the season opener. And then also knowing, you know, this is a big uh, – I think seeing all the teams, I think it's fair to say it's between the two of us uh, where the cup goes. Um, we'll see as these teams kind of evolve throughout the season. Obviously tonight against the Roots where PFC plays as we record this on Wednesday is going to go into it. Um, but I guess, yeah, to start the season, 2-2 draw, where does that sit in the PFC camp? Obviously, as a PFC homer, I wanted to come out with three, but being a realistic uh, supporter, uh, I understand first game of the season, uh, a rival, 8-5-0 cup, you know, you got all these things that are added to it, uh, not upset uh, with the 2-2 final, especially the way the game played out. You know, we went up early and I felt like we were in control of the game. And a couple mistakes, one big one that led to y'all's first goal. Uh, and you just put two in back-to-back that really just kind of stymied the team and really put us in neutral, I felt like. Um, and so to come out and get that last goal uh, and tie it up and get a point, uh, I, I was kind of pleased, uh, just kind of mainly because of the way the game had played out. Uh, but – Overall, of course, one three, uh, happy with two, and we move on and uh, want to take three. And, you know, you know, one of my phrases, you know, you and I go back and uh, have, have called some games together and uh, been in the same environments. Uh, but we want to go in tonight crushing faces. Uh, Emerald Coast beaches belong to Pensacola, not Panama City. So uh, uh, everybody knows uh, if you want a nice beach, you come on over to Pensacola. We're going to own the Emerald Coast, buddy. There you go. Go get it. Go get it. All right. All right. Yeah, and that's one thing. I mean, obviously it's burned uh, TSC, especially against Pensacola the last couple of years, um, as far as their free kicks in, in dangerous areas, terrible areas. I mean, if you got one guy on your team – dead center from 19 just outside the box like you know there's a pretty good chance something dangerous is going to happen ah i forget his name last year it was similar it was within 25 yards just an absolute 
rocket shot. Beautiful. Nothing anybody could have done about it. Um, getting burned off the free kick. Would have liked to come, obviously, on the rebound. Away with the victory on our side. Dominated the second half. Gave up that free kick. And then was really pressing uh, for the third goal. Really let you guys in there. So unfortunate the way it went down. But like you said, tie on the road. Good to go. Keep you in the competition. Um, let's zoom out a little bit. Let's talk about the rest of the league. You got any thoughts? You've been able to check out these other teams? What's kind of the aspect? Or just kind of with these other teams in the mix? Um, you got any thoughts? Or you, you've been shopping around here? Obviously, Roots, not a fan. I'm not a fan of any team that we play against. That's what I'm I wasn't saying. a fan of the Battalions That's what I'm on saying. Saturday. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's now that saying. we're not playing each other, everything's all right. Southern states, of course, uh, you know, that's going to be the team uh, that we always watch. Um, and kind of surprised uh, that uh, the Jesters lost their first one. Who did they? Did they lose to Southern states? That was Southern states. Yeah, don't be, don't be, don't look too much into that. Jesters always start yeah. slow, they'll get their guys back and. Uh, Coach Farrell out there, he's got some he's got some dust that he sprinkles on. Once that kind of turns really into yeah. the back stretch of May and into June, like in it historically, they rock it up. Um, so here's the my, are gonna be my overall thought. Yeah, and and that leads into the overall thought is it just it's really just too early. Um, you know, we've got one game under our belt. Uh, Y'all have three, as does Jacks, but still, even then. It's so early in the season, um, and it's going to be fun to watch watch this thing play out. Uh, a high-level competition uh, for those fans out there, soccer fans, uh, that want good quality low-league action. Uh, this Gulf Coast Conference, man, it's solid. Loaded up, loaded up, absolutely. Yeah, I think Jacksonville Southern States, just to that point, obviously, they're going to be – Kind of at the top. Uh, let's go through. Oh, I had it up, but I just want to do, have some fun activity. So we got four games on the slate this week within the conference. So let's just go through. How about we play a little prediction? Okay. I think I know where you're going to go tonight, obviously, but uh, I'm just interested. Are you, are you going a fun scores? Exercise. You want scores? If you want to do scores, throw in the scores. If you want to do results, throw in the results. So I've got I, it. I've got it pulled up here. So I got all four matchups. Obviously, you and the Roots are going to be playing double duty this week, Wednesday, Saturday, split for both of you. But, uh, yeah, give me a little action tonight. What you think? The Roots at Pensacola FC. Uh, Roots at Pensacola FC, uh, 3-1 Pelicans squadron uh, brought in some reinforcements. So the Blue Angels flying, by the way, Pensacola home of the Blue Angels. Mm-hmm. Which, and by the way, uh, it's kind of funny, 850 Cup, y'all are kind of uh, Air Force, old Air Force battalion. There you go. Uh, Florida Roots, Tyndall Air Force Base, right there in Panama City. Uh, we're Navy, Navy Marine, all the we're cradle of aviation. Um, so that benefit to us, three points, Pensacola Pelicans, we come out on top three to one on that one, Juke. There you go. I'm liking the two-goal spread. I think stylistically you guys match up really well against the Roots and historically been successful. I'm going 4-2. Give me some fireworks. Uh, Hilton gets two more, throwing a little Lightborn PK, and then give me a wild card with Pacheco for the fourth, John. Ooh, 
Ooh, yeah. a little check. Okay. All right. So let's roll on down. Let's go to the weekend. Um, cheers to the weekend. Hitting the road. PFC heading over to Bishop Kenny High School on the coast or on the waterway, I should say. I think it's on the St. John's. Your boys headed out to play Jacksonville. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one. It's a long drive, too, from here. I mean, that's, you know, five and a half hour journey. Um, so I think if we go over there and get a point, we got to be pleased with that result. Um, hoping defense steps up, big game, Boateng, uh, and just the whole back line, Hickok and Boateng and uh, Lynch, whoever else is back there, if it's Kanina. So we'll say 1-1 one, one on that. Let's go with. Ooh, okay. Okay. It's tough to keep Jax at 1. Uh, I'm liking a tie, too, because once again, shamelessly pro-TSC. Uh, give me a little 2-2 two, two action because um, we want to keep these points down for everybody else that's not in the golden black. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to say tie. It's so tough to keep Jax down to 1. That strike force got rolling. I don't know if you saw the game the other day against the Roots. Last no. last weekend they rolled the roots. So they came out with two ties, right? Jacksonville tied Tallahassee, tied Southern States, and then they rolled the roots seven two last weekend. Um that was never close. Um so the strike force seems to be back in arms in Jacksonville. So we'll keep on rolling. This one I wanna say it's interesting, but maybe not. Roots going to head out to New Orleans. So both of these teams sitting on zero points entering uh, match week four, the fourth official week of games here for the Gulf Coast Conference. Not everybody too there, right? But both teams on zero points. So this is a big one, a little points grab. Roots at Jesters. What are you thinking? Going with the Jesters for no other reason other than home field advantage. There you go. I got nothing. I don't have anything to offer in terms of either of those teams. I haven't seen them play. I haven't seen anything that they've done, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'd have a lot more to contribute uh, after seeing tonight's game, Wednesday night's game against the Roots. Uh, but, you know, hey, uh, like you, I'd love to see a, a tie. Um, I just don't know that the Roots uh, have it in them. And, and based on what you've been saying, uh, perhaps they're the battalions of last year. Shades of 2021, perhaps. <laughs> so let's see. Yeah, I like New Orleans in this one. I would like a tie, but I'm going to give New Orleans the win. I think they get rocking and rolling. They got a good crop of young guys uh, coming up from the U19 team last couple years. Let me go Jesters. I'm going to say 3-1. I want to see some goals this weekend. It's kind of the genesis of this conversation. I see that. Goals, yes. goals for days. Goals are fun. But I want to say big picture – we could not get anybody to tie last year. It seemed like ties just weren't happening. Ties are back, Johnny. I'm looking here. <laughs> We've got six results in. Six results yeah. in for the entire conference. Three of them are ties. 2021, ties were all over the place, and it made the race for the playoffs so much more interesting than it was last year. Obviously, there's a lot that goes into that, right? More teams in the conference, blah, 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 blah. But... That's back, man. I'm excited for it. Going down, the big one, uh, Saturday, here at the Gene, Gene Cox Stadium, going to be hosting Southern States, who, depending on how you look at the table, Johnny, 
they could be your top team in the conference, uh, according to the MPSL, because we do operate on a points-per-match situation. So if there are cancellations, it will get defaulted in not a raw points, but a points-per-match. So Southern State's two games in, four points in, so they lead the league at 2.0 points per match. Come on over Tallahassee, thoughts. Would you like a history I lesson? Wish y'all, because uh, as yeah, a, sure. I mean, I, w- I wish you the best. That's, <laughs> a, that's, that's what I got for you. So history lesson here. First of all, opinions to everybody, right? Have them. They've never needed to be educated opinions. And so going forward, having said that, just want to let you know, history lesson, DSC never had a result against Southern States, have never scored against Southern States. Oh, Three zero one zero two zero two zero four previous results against Southern States. You know the top two dogs in the conference, the big dogs, and they like to play a lot more defensive uh, than Jacksonville does. So very contrasting styles. So I'll hand that off to you. I, you have some friends at Southern States, don't you? I mean, they kind of like the stuff that you put out there in terms of your <laughs> podcast and, and your social media. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so at all. <laughs> no? No, especially once you see the heat this week, we'll definitely have no friends over there. More to come on that. That'll be interesting. Tune in on Friday. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, look. Go out. Uh, Tallahassee's better than they have been uh, in, in the past. Uh, take that with you. Get you uh, a goal and an opportunity at a point. You know, may those uh, that may or may not be your friends delight in uh, dropping two points. There you go. In their mind. In their mind. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, give us a so common opponent. Southern States has played Jacksonville. We've played Jacksonville. We both time 1-1, right? So why not parlay that, Johnny? I'm getting on board. Let's make history. First ever goal, first ever result. Uh, I'm I'm hopping on the train. Give me one one draw with Southern States to keep the undefeated underdog season alive. Let's keep it going, baby. Wow, that would be amazing. Gone through three. Let's make it four. So I like that. All right, nice little spread. So that's your weekend action. Pensacola hosting the Roots. Jacksonville hosting Pensacola on Saturday. New Orleans hosting the Roots on Saturday. Tallahassee hosting Southern States. Johnny, want to open the table? We've gotten through the A5O Cup. We've talked a little Saturday. We've talked about the game coming up between you and the Roots um, going on this week, which will have taken place Wednesday. You will not have heard that, so the result will have come out by then. I'm talking to the general public or whoever decides to miserably listen through this uh, podcast this far deep, Johnny. Having said that, any final thoughts? As I know you're on a tight schedule today, Big Dog, but want to give you the floor um, here as our special guest. I know you love to make history out there in the panhandle, Johnny. I want to let you know we've had people from a number of different teams affiliated with here. We've had New Orleans. We've had uh, the Roots. We've had a couple other people come onto the program. First ever PFC Tide guest here on the Tally SC Talk podcast. So just want to let you know you're making history as you guys like to do out there. Uh, so just letting you know that. And want to open up the floor to us as our historical honored guest. Honorable. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, just just – Happy to be on board with PFC this season uh, at Marketable Sports. It's been quite an interesting road. Um, of course, we started last season 
I thought if we could get 50 game broadcasts in in a year, that would be fantastic. After our Pensacola FC season this summer, we'll be in triple digits, which uh, is mind-blowing. <clears throat> but just some neat stuff um, for y'all's viewers in that game on Saturday. Of course, we have a bunch of international players. Uh, I assume there are some. On, are there any on Tallahassee SC? I'm sorry. It's just not oh, yeah. knowledgeable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Number of international uh, Beautiful. Uh, we had, uh, in addition to 28 states tuning in to that game, uh, 23 different countries tuned into the game, uh, which is just awesome. And uh, so tell the lads there, the boys there, that you know people were watching at home, and uh, hopefully uh, they continue to watch. You know, of course, we'll get better. That's our first game at Shoreline Field. Not the best filming conditions. <laughs> Maybe the hardest place we've ever filmed in all of those broadcasts, believe it or not. But uh, hopefully it was good enough for y'all back there at Smitty's uh, and everybody was good and uh, enjoyed it. Of course, good to see HD video. Spread the message. Let's get off 11. Hey, conference, let's get off 11 Let's get on to whatever your local broadcast partner is doing or throw it up on the YouTube, man. You can get high-def video on there that you can watch back, and it's simple for the viewers. You don't have to go through this third party. Johnny, that's been the crusade that I've been on the last couple of years. So glad that PFC is now into the fold as far as a non-11 broadcast um, partner here in the Gulf Coast Conference. So exciting stuff, and the field snaps out there especially in the sunset. So it was some good stuff to see out there, my man. But uh, that's all we got, dude. Thanks for coming aboard with us. Any final, final thoughts? I got nothing, man. Just uh, going to load up here and head on over to Shoreline Field to get set up for tonight's match. All right, good stuff. We'll appreciate it, Johnny. Once again, Johnny Mays, voice of PFC. Are you going to take that title, Johnny? Are you going to take that moniker with you? Uh, if given by the... Uh individuals who have the authority to uh, dub that sure yeah why not well who else is talking you're talking during the broadcast you're the pa announcer doing double duty well, any I other qualifying partners yeah. <laughs> i i guess i do yeah i'll take it <laughs> all right well thanks johnny appreciate it big dog johnny mays from marketable sports the voice of pfc we're gonna give it to him or even if he doesn't want to take it but thanks for coming aboard johnny be well my man all right, so just coming back on the other side, the always entertaining Johnny Mays, voice of PFC, of course, Pensacola over there. Depending on how you look at the table, could be top of the table here. So that was done earlier in the week, of course, before the game with the Roots. So, so much has changed since then. If you're looking at the table, you can look at it one of two ways. You can do a points per match or a raw points. Traditionally, teams, leagues, they'll go with the raw points. So if you have more points, you're at the top regardless of how many games are played. But the MPSL is a points-per-match league, so we can't ignore that because technically if the season ended and there was some kind of catastrophic event, that's what it would go to today. So we'll be able to contrast these. So going out of it, I know we talked a little bit of what that looked like here with Johnny, but let's fast forward. Given the 4-1 win Pensacola had over the Roots the other day, this is what the table looks like on a points-per-match standpoint. One, Pensacola, 
two points per game with a plus three goal differential. Number two would be Southern States, also two points per game with a plus two goal differential. So, of course, the one goal difference between the two. Third place, having played three matches, would be Jacksonville, 1.667 points per game, plus five goal differential. Number four in the table, this is once again points per match, TSC 1.667, even with Jacksonville, even with Jacksonville, excuse me, plus one goal differential. And then down at the bottom of the table, fifth and sixth, New Orleans and Roots, both with zero points. New Orleans, negative two goal differential. Roots, negative nine goal differential. A couple big results in the other way, burying them in the table. On the other side, if you were to do raw points, so this is where it shifts a little bit, just within the top four. So basically, you would take the teams that have played more games and put them up top. So Jacksonville with five would be number one. TSC, number two, also with five points. Three, Pensacola with four. Four, Southern States with four points. Fifth, New Orleans, zero points. Sixth, the Roots, also zero points. But, of course, goal differential being the defining factor with those. So we talked about it with Johnny a little bit here. Of course, the games coming up in the weekend. Gave some predictions about that and what the outlook would be here for the weekend. Full slate, all six teams in action. Pensacola at Jacksonville, Florida Roots at New Orleans, and of course Southern States at Tallahassee. Great slate of action, and a lot will be determined here. I think you start to see things shape up. We have the full rosters coming together, so that's one thing, right? But then you look at the matchups. So basically, depending on how you look at the table, you've got the one seed versus the three seed and the 2C versus the 4 seed. So if the 1 and 2 prevail on either side, you start to see some separation, or we could really muddy the waters. Because the one thing that's been coming through and prevailing are the ties so far this year. We did not have a lot of ties, especially early in the season last year, and so it really created a separation and a breakaway in the table. This year, not the case so far early. Obviously, a lot of games still to be played, but could be a big factor going forward. So something you want to take a look at can TSC get a result against Southern States to keep both those teams kind of in that same sphere? And can Pensacola do similarly against Jacksonville? Like we said, would really muddy the waters here with all of these teams having at least one tie and having at least one victory. So, of course, the other two teams, I mean, New Orleans, if they were to come away with a victory here, it could really bury the roots. And I don't think you could write the roots off. Obviously, because they can still win the 8-5-0 Cup. And in a six-team league where four teams make the playoffs, you know, they could still slide back in there and take down the two bottom teams. But this is a big one here for the Roots. And it's the home opener for New Orleans, so they could really take a jump start to their season here. Match day two for New Orleans, match day three for the Roots here. So that's basically all we have. Got you up to date on the league schedule, the league standings. Talk to Pensacola. Talk to Coach. Got you ready for Southern States. Recap the Pensacola game. What else do you want? Monster interviews. Hopefully we'll have our boy Trenton Young back in here soon and we can get the full action coming towards you. But this is about as best I got, gang. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you learned something. Hopefully in some way you gained something out of whatever this was, an hour plus, hour, half, I don't even know how long it is anymore. Andrew Duke Force of TSC coming to you for the Tally SC Talk podcast. If you're looking 
for the game. It's going to be on the Tallahassee Soccer Club YouTube here this coming Saturday versus Southern States. Of course, if you want some heat shenanigans nonsense on all the social medias, at Tally SC Talk is the name of the game. We try to get updates. Not only TFC stuff, obviously, from a TFC point of view with the TFC bias, but also league updates, league standings, league schedule, things to watch here going forward as we try to stay educated on all the teams in the conference. Thanks for tuning in. It has been a fun ride. More to come here this year on a fantastic underdog season here in 2023. Let's go Battle Lions.